0: Boom, boom, you're in the Doom Room, a podcast all about Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Each episode of the podcast will break down the big moments on the show, talk about comic book origins and Easter eggs, and tell you which character is the most doomed. Hosted by Justin, Pete, and Alex of the long-running Comic Book Club podcast, episodes roll out weekly, or you can listen to the first three seasons with over 34 episodes right now at patreon.com slash comic book club. The Doom Room. I'm doomed. You're doomed. We're all doomed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Chuck. I'm Pete, and we are coming to you from a couple of places on the internet. We're live over on YouTube, the tube, we're live here on Crowncast. Maybe you're listening to us later on wherever you get your podcast, wherever that is. We appreciate it. And we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, but yeah. before we get into it, yeah, uh, just Pete, to start... Pete mentioned he wanted to talk about something. Yeah, um, I, just I think wanted... I know what it is, and I just want to say I framed it up as he's playing with fire here. We'll see if he gets burned Take it away, Pete.
1: Okay, Okay. great. I just wanted to circle back. No, no. I just wanted to circle back around to uh, Zalbin's being a piece of shit, demanding Gabriel Rodriguez, an unbelievable artist who was nice enough to include us in his art. Uh, that he isn't churning out things fast enough, and he had some. First say of about all, it, Pete, I right? want to
0: say thank you for presenting this without context or explanation. That's yes, I that's, how that's, that's how I that. roll. That helps that's your case right roll. there. That that's helps your case roll. right there. So we taped a podcast about Lock and Key: The Golden Age, the new volume. That came out today, actually, in bookstores. It's up in Lock and Key Unlocked over in that feed over there. It's
1: amazing. It is.
0: It's fantastic. We talked about it. Just a warning, a huge spoiler warning there, because we really do get into the content of the book. Uh, But it's phenomenal to talk about. Uh, We had, I think, a fun running joke there where we're talking about how it took them 10 years to put out the stories. And we're like, come on, pick up the pace, Gabriel. Hurry it up, Gabe. Yeah, hurry it up, hurry it up. Uh, And uh, Gabe hit us up on Twitter. He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get them out quicker. Very fun. And then Pete was like, yeah, fuck you, Zalbin.
2: <laughs> I know. I was like, Gabriel's playing along, playing along with the joke. Mm-hmm. He, uh, clearly he's a hard worker. We're having some fun. And Pete's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, some and I'll mention,
0: it's interesting. This comes hot on the heels on a huge flap that happened on Twitter recently that was also very serious, where... Uh, Matthew Rosenberg posted something Berge. and Pete, uh, Pete responded well. to him. Pete responded to him, said, as everybody knows, a.k.a. Bergie, uh, we always back you up. And he responded being like, what are you talking
2: about? <laughs> guy, I don't think you know what a.k.a. means.
0: Right. Uh, I don't think you no, know what No, I think it's a, more no, the
2: Bergie part he doesn't The Bergie part is be like
0: he knows everybody calling me. him that. No, no. I, that he he said
1: that in. to me as in like, I don't think. You know, since nobody calls me that, I don't think you understand what that means. That's and Pete said. panicked.
0: You, you straight up panicked. You were like, oh no, Bergie doesn't like me anymore. What do I do? Mm-hmm. You deleted your Twitter account. You sold Twitter to Elon Musk for $44 and, billion. That's and right. people have been movement.
2: reporting on how much Pete was involved in the sale of Twitter to Elon Musk <laughs> heavily.
0: Yes, but he was joking as well, and it was fine. And then Jen Grunwald, one of our favorite editors of Marvel, also she piled jumped jumped on, on you. Bio. Yeah, that and was not good. Pete cool. just backed off again.
2: Nice. Total, he, total. He backed up moves. the truck, which is what Pete does. No doubt. Uh, but I Pete, think, oh, yeah. Elon Musk. How often does he call you for his moves when yeah. they, like he's moving through SpaceX? I know you were the one like X, like X-Men. He was like, OK. Um,
0: <laughs> Did you know the original name of the comp- company was Tez
1: Lepage? <laughs> <laughs> um, So, uh, Justin, <laughs> uh, congratulations on being an uncle.
2: Uh, thank you. Yes. My, you beat drums from the news item to news item without explaining it and getting sort of into our personal lives in a lot of ways. But yes, my brother just had a baby uh, yesterday. It's huge. Um, it's huge. His the baby is huge. The baby is Um, I'm sure he'd be excited to have uh, his birth announced on Comic Book Club, the best spot to announce um, a baby being born. But yes. Uh, the, the kid is here. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, uh, right off camera? Yeah, I am. They brought him right over. They're like, <laughs> I'll do the test myself. <laughs> He's right here in this dank basement that I call oh. home.
0: Also, uh, Pete, uh, how is it? you were auditioning uh, to be an anchor on CNN Plus, right? I was that going? <laughs> you, you came in and were like, top story. I don't like it. And next up, here we go.
2: And they shut the whole thing down. Shut the whole thing down, man.
0: A couple of items of business here that I'll mention. First of all, as we've been doing for a while here, we have had Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullet, our CBC chef, has been curating cocktails for us every week. This week, we are back to the Gotham City Cocktail Cookbook by Andre Darlington, and we're doing the King Green, which is a King Croc. Cocktail or crocktail. Oh, crocktail. So, this is it's the king grain is white rum, lager, lime juice, and simple syrup. And it's delicious. It's real good. That looks like
2: a good one. I'm curious. I didn't get to make it um, uh, today, but the addition of the lager, I'm curious about.
0: I, so I went, I picked this up at the store. I have a Ebbs Lager number 1 from here in Brooklyn. Ooh, look uh, at the which is good. Oh, little, Yeah. Little, it's little nice. Block. It uh, tastes like college. I'll throw that out there. What does but, that mean? Uh, you know what it means. No, you know, I know. Hey,
2: bro. Hey, bro. You know what it means. When you ride with yeah. Zalbin in college, you ride hard. And that's drinking some <laughs> lagers. And you <laughs> know what else tastes Other like stuff? dusty
1: books in the Cornell library. What does it taste like? You and I clearly had
0: very different college experiences, I guess, Pete, but my, I, my wife who tried this, who doesn't like my wife, all, my wife, great reference. uh, thought this was great. She really liked it. She doesn't like beer, but she was like, Oh man, uh, I'll have one of these too, which I was very surprised about. It's oh, sort nice. of the lager kind of brings it together a little bit. You taste a little more of the rum, the simple syrup, um, the lime, Great stuff. Highly recommend. So you're
2: driving In,
1: your wife to drink. Congratulations.
2: Absolutely. In honor of Morbius's continuous rise to <laughs> fame, I'm drinking human blood over hey, here. On my end.
1: This isn't the part where we talk about what we're drinking, but thank you. Yes. Well, why don't we move on
0: to another thing then? So we've been asking folks to drop us recommendations of things to review on the Stack Podcast In the comment section on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a rating, five stars if you want. It's all good. And a comment. We could fully
2: ask for the five stars. Give us five stars or else. You don't need to soft play the the rating.
0: I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Five stars, four and a half stars, which is impossible. So I guess you'll have to round it up to five stars. Like, (laughs) honestly, your choice. (laughs) Nice. So here we've got one. This is a request. Uh, we're actually going to be doing this week on the stack. We're going to be talking about JLA Rock of the Ages from DC ah, Comics stuff. by Grant Morrison, which is fun. Uh, but we got a new one here. This is from uh, our friend Jolene on iTunes. A fun time oh. for years, plus a recommendation. We've been listening to the show which feels for like forever now and it's consistently <laughs> yes. enjoyable and has a great Slack community too. They read and Aww. talk about so many comics and answer live questions on a weekly basis. It's amazing that they have time for other stuff. Uh, the secret is we don't. We don't. I'd yeah. love to hear you read and review a story that greatly influenced me as a kid. Catwoman, The Cat File by Chuck Dixon Ooh, and Jim Yes. Ballant.
2: Wow. I love wow. Chuck Dixon, a writer that doesn't get a lot of play but was just a yeoman when it came to mm-hmm. making comics back then. Yeoman. So there you go.
0: We Uh, won't. (laughs) Kevin's comment here on one star. One star. I'd love to see them do.
2: Yeah, Yeah. please don't do that. Maybe we won't read that comment. One star. I'd love to see them review shutting up for a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for the suggestion. We won't review it on this week's Stack podcast, but we'll probably do it on next week's Stack podcast. And folks, we are going to move over to our guest for this evening. He's an amazing artist. And one of the co-creators of the Manhattan Projects, which you probably know well, but he has a new project on Zoop called Axe Wielder John that looks awesome. Very excited about it. Uh, It actually just launched, I believe, earlier today and is already a runaway success. So I'm excited to chat about it. Uh, Any second now, we'll have Nick Patara here in the
1: stream.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very exciting
1: Uh, that it's doing so well. The the video on uh, Zoop looks amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, while we're waiting here for Nick to come in, we can mention we've had a couple of guests from Zoop over the past couple of weeks. This is a curated platform, kind of like Kickstarter, kind of like Indiegogo, but uh, they work directly with creators and recruit them, I believe, or curate them at the very least. Um, We could probably find out more from Nick about that. It's a great idea. It's a great idea to
2: ask the the questions. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you might have to cancel and then ask them again uh, if it's not working. Well,
2: Pete, tech oh, head okay. over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he did last time, and then it—you know—it worked.
2: I love uh, that you're part of the machine now, Pete. Yeah, you're our producer. Congratulations! Yeah, you're the um, line. producer. I, I work as co-producer. I work as a producer, and uh, Pete, you're the actual line producer of this show.
1: <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it.
2: Sure, yeah.
0: I'll add yeah. It to my uh, credits. Tell you what, I'm I producer. am going to do. What Pete just recommended, I'm gonna remove. Whoa, yeah. Pete right, man.
2: This is weird.
0: This does work sometimes. The Linux step finally
2: taken over the tech at the asylum.
0: Ah, there wow. we go. Wow! <laughs> hey. Pete, got it right? Hello,
3: Nick. How are you doing? How's it going, guys? Sorry about the technical issue. I accepted it, but it didn't let me in. So,
0: hey, oh, no worries, man. No worries. Family. We got our, our
2: main man P.L.P. here fixing shit.
0: Pete used to work at the Apple Store, so he knows what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I was at the fruit stand. But listen, man, uh, first off, congratulations on this. This looks unbelievable. Uh, I watched the video before. It's such a cool, badass idea. I'm rocking my He-Man shirt in honor of it today. Uh, But why don't you tell the people a little little bit about it?
3: Uh, Well, I have a new book. It's a 148-page oversized hardcover. It's called Axe Wilder John. It's my uh, writer-artist debut. If anyone knows who I am, and they probably don't, but if they do, it's uh, I worked at image for about 10 years and uh, mainly the biggest book I did was Manhattan projects with Jonathan Hickman. Great book. was yeah. amazing. Know it well. Yeah. It's a, it was a pretty good book. We did well on it. Sales went well. We made the New York times bestsellers list and I got nominated for an Eisner on it. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, about two or three years ago, my daughter got sick in the hospital and we had to live in the Ronald McDonald house. And uh, when, when I was there, it was I had a lot of time to doodle and a lot of time, just to sketch out ideas in my sketchbook while she was healing up, uh, mm-hmm. my daughter got better. And, uh, Glad basically, yeah. So it's all good there. Uh, but, but when, when she was in the hospital, uh, people would come up and, you know, godly people would say, give it over to God. Cause she was sick and people who trust the doctors say, you got to trust the doctors, but there was a helplessness there. And, uh, so I started drawing this character, Axwilder John in my, uh, sketchbook. And he was this guy in the same predicament that, that I was in where he, uh, uh, he was basically, uh, he was a guy who was going to fix the world his way. And he was, it was something that I couldn't do at the time. And then I thought it'd be cool that if his way was, uh, a, that he was an axe wielder and then I started writing in problems or problems started presenting themselves that he could no longer chop into to fix. And then a seed of a stories kind of started. And, uh, the way he this, the hero came to me when I, in a time of need kind of for me, I, I just really yeah. loved, I really was, I really wanted to honor the fact that he came to me in a time of need. Uh, I'm about to turn 40 soon, and I always thought, you know, Jack Kirby created the Marvel Universe right after 40. So I was like, okay, uh, it's time. If I'm going to write and draw my own thing, I'm going to make this no matter what. And so about a year and a half ago, I really started drawing it, uh, investing in it. Uh, I've been funding a whole creative, a really fantastic creative team. And it's the story of this, this, like, faceless barbarian who's cursed to fall in love. With the heads of his many victims. And uh, at least that's what the, the people in the story say about him. And there's, it's got all these cool twists and turns. It's a big love letter to, to Masters of the Universe, but done at a very adult level. And uh, I'm super excited about it. Uh, we launched today on Zoop and uh, we hit our crowdfunding goal of 25K in the first five hours. Wow. And I think that's we're pretty approaching. Solid. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty and, you know, Zoop is a really, it's a new platform and on zoop they uh they do the fulfillment and stuff and i knew for me i wouldn't be able to do the fulfillment I, I just not gonna i'm not good at mailing stuff out so when they showed up i thought they were really the answer that a lot of creatives needed to enter the crowdfunding space and uh i was looking at them for a while i talked to hickman who's a you know kind of a mentor and a good friend obviously a co-creator and he was going to use them for his Substack books so um when it came time to go i talked to them a uh, kickstarter reached out and offered me their premium spot so i had to make a choice between the kickstarter oh, wow. premium spot oh, wow. or zoop and uh, i ended up going with zoop i, I like those guys a lot eric and jordan who run it and uh i just felt like it was a good place for me to dip my toe in the crowdfunding space it was a kind of a big gamble since they're a new platform. But uh, it's working out fantastically uh, so far. You know, really thanks to guys like you who who allowed me to come on their shows and uh, expose the product to their audience uh, has made all the difference in the world. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on today. It's the hardest part of making the book. It's easy to sit here and draw in my room all day, but it's hard to get out there and promote (laughs) yourself. So uh, thank Uh, you for We have the
2: opposite experience in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) This is easy for us. Doing anything else is (laughs) hard.
0: Um, you know, not to get too personal about it, but it seems to me that at least part of the inspiration here is you have some a character who can attack his problems physically um, when you were in a space when you could not do that. Do you feel like that was part of where that inspiration came from?
3: Yeah, that was the, the craziest thing. Uh, the famous uh, French artist Mobius or Jean Giraud, he had this saying about drawing and it was um, that an artist encodes reality. And I, I really like that. Um, explanation of art because to me it meant delineating uh the world around you visually into your own hand your own line your own craft what i realized when i started writing it's like 10 times as much in writing you are always writing (laughs) little bits of your life or little bits of your story and whether you know it or not you'll read it later and you'll realize that there's this almost metaphysical interaction with the with the fiction and the reality and i think uh hickman talked about it when he was doing his ff run he's like everything I'm writing is father and son stuff right now. I must be, I must be going through something, you know? Uh, and uh, I, I did, I did realize that early on. And uh, for me, I really loved, you know, masters of the universe as a kid. I call that genre muscle tech where it's way too much masculinity <laughs> and, uh, you know, rusty technology mixed. And uh, so I thought, can I tell a story in this genre uh, that, I don't know if it's been explored at a, really an adult level maybe the closest is metal hurlant or, or heavy metal you know where you're getting like really weird sci-fi stuff but then I, I wanted the story to have some heart because of the way the the character came to me and how i came up with it so for me it was a uh, is it uh, a it's a book it's, it's, it's a it's the ultimate passion project for me and uh like i said i've sunk a ton of money into it and i was rolling the dice with zoop and uh, it's working out great right now so on the first day we're, we'll probably be over 30k soon and uh, i'm excited it's a 148 oversized hardcover and some of the details about it are i only got 14 pages left to draw so i try to wow. bring it to the market complete uh every panel is its own 11 by 17 page so it's most in wow, comic books most pages with panels are 11 by 17. well i took every panel and put it on its, on its own board and so i begin my oh, assignment of doing wow. a, a panel a day which is actually a whole page a day and so i've been working that way and uh, i'm almost through now and uh, i got a great creative team I just went out and hired the people I wanted to work with. So uh, Chris Stevens, I got to give a shout out to. He's my editor and uh, he's really gotten to the story beats with me and helped me iron stuff out as a new writer. And uh, Michael um, Garland is my colorist and he draws too and he knows form so well, he heightens the art. And we got Farron Delgado on um, the lettering, who's doing these really fantastic um, uh, sound effects uh, incorporating to the art really well, which I'm really digging. So yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped.
2: So wait, you have – so how many pages? If every panel is oh, 11 that, by 17, very good how, what's your page count at right now? I can tell that you the sounds weight. insane. I, I, I've never I, heard of that, someone working that way
3: before. I can tell you the weight of them exactly because I had to map them <laughs> I, to my art rep recently. It's, uh, it was 18 you're pounds. You're batching them every day?
2: <laughs> 18 pounds
3: of pages. I had to, I had to wow. mail them out. It cost wow. me a few hundred dollars to get them out to my art rep in California. I bet. I wait. Man. Um, but yeah, so it, the stack was probably – I put a muscle man figure that was three inches tall next to it and it was probably closer to six inches, you know?
0: So, uh, so um, wait, we're, just to keep going whatever, with this. So like presumably then you have multiple <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> presumably you have multiple paddles per page. So are you then taking the art and shrinking it down? Is it overside pages? How are you tackling that? Uh, most of most of it is widescreen.
3: Because mm-hmm. I, uh, most of it's widescreen, so or all of it is widescreen, so it's either a double page spread that I'll that I'll do really big, or it'll be uh, three tiered panels. So they kind of almost fit onto the eleven by seventeen um, ratio, uh, not exactly. So um, they they and if it's a if it's two thirds of a page, then I tape two boards together like a real double page spread, but it's really only a two third panel page. So it's just this really massive oversized mm-hmm. tape together jigsaw puzzle by the time it's done and uh it just it was just a fun way to work and uh i really wanted to do my best work i possibly could do and so on top of that i i restricted myself to only using the zero zero three and the zero zero five micron which are the two tiniest microns so i went in and uh, inked it with very delicately
2: (laughs) you're making this so hard (laughs) challenging yourself here
3: I figured I can't my draw lines. better than everybody, but I'll draw bigger than everybody, you know? What yeah, I, mean? I like that <laughs> nice. answer. I can walk down hard sally and say mine's bigger. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> <that. laughs> oh,
2: my God. There it is. Oh uh, there, it sort of fits with He-Man, uh, just the yeah, general exactly. uh, ethos yeah. there. Um, so what what do you love about He-Man that made you sort of uh, run through that genre with this? this
3: well, when I was a kid, I loved, I loved action figures so much. And uh, I had this angst at 12 or 13. I didn't want to give them up. You know, you're getting too old. And uh, there's lots I love about He-Man, you know, I think it's very interesting, like there's a a very romantic take where Robert E. Howard wrote him in words, and then guys like Frazetta painted him in paintings, and the spirit is captured in a new vessel, Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger was going to be him, and so he sculpted his body his whole life, and so he's like a, you know, an icon, and then people are, you know, I'm in, I love the arm wrestling stuff, and uh, so my buddies arm wrestle with the Arnold Classic, and he's like their hero, right, and then uh it, it it transfers like the I'm speaking of Conan and not uh He-Man yet but then when Mattel was getting that license uh and they got the the Conan license it was way too violent and Star Wars was popular at the time so they just shelved Conan so it couldn't compete with them and then they combined bits of Conan and Star Wars together to make masters of the universe to sell the kids and then that's yeah. what I fell in love to, and I found my little machismo characters with and then what's interesting to me is now I get to delineate it back in comic book form And so I I love the I love thinking about the spirit of, you know, whatever weird masculinity, uh, power of fantasies floating from vessel to vessel and being in that lineage with uh, with this book. So that's kind of cool. And then speaking of um, this toys in general, I had that angst at 12 or 13 and I didn't want to give them up. And luckily I had two younger brothers, so I get to make excuse to use their toys. But then as I learned to draw at 17 or 18, and it started getting gigs in comics, you know, 25, 26 and getting, you know, at the some, some little work at the big two, little work on Ninja Turtles. I realized that now it's socially acceptable for me to play with my toys again.
4: If I, don't. <laughs> you
3: know, it's just like the skill set of me drawing him in the 2 D form gives me a pass to be a big kid again. And I really loved like getting my childhood back when my career kind of took off. So
1: yeah. That's awesome.
2: It's very funny. The history of He-Man that it was like, well, we want to do Conan, but we're gonna do He-Man <laughs> I Guess we'll name it He Man because it's pretty close to Conan, yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's nonsense. Um, real quick around the horn, favorite He Man characters and outside of He Man from the whole Master of the Universe.
3: I love the all, all of my favorite books generally have really great uh bad guys. So, I mean, Skeletor is great,
2: Trapjaw great.
3: Um, is great, Merman is cool. Just all those bad guys, like, no, like, He Man's really over because of all the cool bad guy designs, you know. And same thing with Batman. Yeah. And same thing with Spider-Man. Like all the, if you if you don't got a good rogues gallery, you almost don't have a good superhero. So, with Axe or John, uh, we have this character Lord Fang, and he's very much like you know Skeletor five He's got, uh, he's he's a green skeleton in this crazy meat suit, and he's got uh, his eyes are spiders. <laughs> uh, so he's got he's has a skull face, but the spiders in his eye sockets are uh, when they move around, uh, you know the ass of the spider, the hourglass is moving, so it looks like yeah. Lord Fang is looking around, and the the. Legs come out of the eye socket to to make it look oh like eyelashes and stuff. So <laughs> pretty like horrifying. I was, yeah, yeah, Starting to make it as terrifying as possible. So it's been a lot of fun designing the bad guys. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of. I mean, for some reason, I'm a sidekick guy too. So Man at Arms is cool. You know, Fistos yeah. all
0: right. You know, they're all they're all kind of fun. Well, wait. While you're talking about the look of the book, I, I'd love to just hear you talk generally about like the main character is pretty gnarly himself. The world itself is uh, pretty raw to the point that he has no nose and his skin is kind mm-hmm. of cut open. Uh, what was the inspiration there? How did you tackle all of that? And what was what was too far or not far enough?
3: Well, I was trying to do. So, I was trying to see if I could bring this to market and make it fully the way I want it to make it and make a book. I'd want to read it like 14 or 15. And uh, speaking of Mobius and uh, masters of the universe, uh, he actually did do some design work uh, on the masters of the universe movie. Uh, The, the Frank Angelo Skeletor when he was all gold at the end, that was a Mobius design and the golf London suit was actually Designed by him too. I actually am original art collector, and I own the Mobius uh, original of his first Dolph London suit design. So oh, wow. uh, what, what wow. I thought, what I thought design wise, I was like, Mobius isn't around anymore. He's a huge influence on me. You know, you know, I'll be a watered down Kmart version of him, <laughs> and maybe I can make that He Man comic that I've always wanted. And then specifically with Axe Wilder John's face, I want it to be as gross as possible because I want to shine a different light on him. You know, I, I want to I kind of want him to be prejudged so when the storytelling beats turn and you see, I love the idea of, uh, and it, it comes from the movie. It comes from life, but it comes from the movie Unforgiven, where people are talking about you and then and things are said about you based on what you look like. If it's English Bob or if it's uh, sorry for dating, <laughs> putting a 30 year old movie out here. But nice, no, like I don't not, worry about you know, it. But uh, but like but then you, you see them in action and something different changes. The beautiful thing about Eastwood's character and William Money, the whole movie, people are saying things about him. Based on a past and a, a past that he's you know wants to overcome, you know, unforgiven, and uh, he always just says yeah or no or uh, whatever, and he, he shrugs it off until you know one of his friends gets hurt and then he starts drinking whiskey again and his you know his evil powers come back. So, uh, I really want that with John, specifically with his face design. I wanted him to be repulsive, but uh, I really like there's this UFC fighter named Don Fry, and he's got this big mustache, very Tom esque, and uh, I like the sight gag of John being in the whole comic being overly machismo and then breaking the most masculine thing on his face in half. It was like a sight gag, right? I'm going to break his masculinity. And John definitely gets taken a da- down a peg in the book. So no one's going to know that reading it. Cause I'm playing it very serious. But to me, it was a funny sight gag to break his mustache in half. And then I was like, yeah. I might as well just take his whole damn nose off and draw a scar down his face. And then I got my <laughs> distinctive hero. So, and then I got this great uh cover artist. Uh, his name's Das Pastoras. And He's worked with Jason Aaron in America, but not many people. But he's worked with Jodorowsky, uh overseas uh, on the Meta Baron stuff. And he worked at Metal Herlant. And he's this fantastic Spanish painter. Um, and I, he was available. And I spoke to Jose Villarubia, his, lap, his rep and his translator. And I was able to hire him to do the first three-volume uh, wow. painted covers. And I That's wanted awesome. him to feel, like, realistic. So he has, like, like – I wanted him to feel – like he exists in this world and not just through my cartoony hand because i know i'm cartoony and a little silly with my work but i wanted him to feel really present to a viewer and i really wanted that on the hardcover so whenever if it's in a store you know you walk past it you're like what this is a hideous thing but then if you read the book maybe he's not as hideous once you get to know him you know that's what
0: i really wanted to he seems like he
2: could be nice i mean in the the sort of motion (laughs) comic video it's pretty aggressive but he's got a spark in there seems like a friendly dude. I mean, sort of talking about that,
0: you have uh, quotes from both Jeff Darrow and Frank Quietly on there talking up the book, which seemed like very direct influences for your art, particularly in this project. Um, who else were you drawing on? I mean, I know you brought up Mobius, you brought up uh, Jodorowski and other people. Um, who who were the specific influences from this? Imp- I mean, Frank Quietly's a huge in- <laughs> Excuse me, is a huge influence. He's the reason
3: why I picked up a pencil when I read his authority at 17, I oh, just yeah. love, I love the Midnighter and loved Apollo and loved how violent they were. I had no idea that like, comic book characters could be gay and be uh, violent and kill people because I was such a new reader at the time. <laughs> and that made me like, man, comic books are awesome, man. I want to draw. you want to draw. <laughs> so then I, I started drawing and taking it seriously then. And then uh, I found Mobius and the Mobius Tree of Artists, which Jeff Darrow and uh, and then this other guy named Seth Fisher, who I really love, who's of course, oh, yeah, passed man. away. Uh, yeah. So those three, those are my like four biggest influences, and I'm lucky enough now where I've been around the industry a little bit, where I've I've got a, a, a relatively pretty good friendship with Quiet Lee. I flew out and met him uh, in Scotland and got to visit him, and uh, he was uh-huh. really sweet. Yeah, He'll write me and ask me how my wife and kids are, which always blows my mind, you know, oh, which man. is, ah. he's like the sweetest guy. And then, uh, Jeff Darrow called me from France like a couple weeks ago. And he was just sh- wanted to shoot the shit and see what I was up to. And he liked Axewilder. Yeah. And, uh, I think he's the guy who put it. Our goal was 25,000. And, uh, the Zoop guys were like, you know, who just backed your book to put it over 25,000 Jeff Darrow. So. Wow. Uh, ah, that's so uh, that's cool, man. Awesome.
2: Oh, that's so that's great.
3: That's pretty cool. So that, that was my main influence. Um, uh, but definitely the Masters of the Universe world to the muscle tech genre. Um, I really like, uh, I've already kind of said it, but the Unforgiven is one of my favorite movies and uh, there's so many angles you can analyze that movie with, but I'm not going to bore your listeners anymore talking about it. But, uh, but it's my favorite movie and there's just a lot of themes in there that I wanted to explore and uh, that kind of relate to my life now as, as a as a father and as I'm at least a little bit more of an adult as a father. <laughs> and I wanted to explore those uh in comic book form and i i really wanted to do my version of my comic book my way so i know ne- i've never pitched the book to a publisher um i've had a lot of people a lot of really big people in the industry reach out and, and like give support and we got you know, pull quote from bilson cabbage and mark Millar wrote me on instagram the oh, wow. other day and he just sent me a bunch of money signs and he said i'm loving this new art <laughs> and i was like oh, wow <laughs> Money, like, signs from mark. money signs is a pull quote mark you know yeah. i mean, I mean um, sort of that's a great yeah. quote uh, so yeah, that,
2: that may be how he speaks just generally yeah,
0: yeah. uh well and that's then, awesome uh, i
3: mean it's, it's just really really cool stuff and then and, and, and i got to give a shout out to uh something about the design caught fire on instagram and we've had like 60 to 70 instagram artists started drawing the character and promoting the book oh, wow. on their own yeah. so i've had i've had a, all that levels counts. of artists from like beginning new new artists to dave marquez who's working on batman rob Guillory wow. is a good okay. friend nick Darrington did one it's so good i'm using it as a back cover oh. um oh, awesome. uh, chris Somney did one and, and mailed it to me and i don't <laughs> even know the guy so wow. and what? All, what is all, this you're plugged in yeah i got lucky i got i don't know there. They're being, that's I think awesome, they're being man. supportive and they know they're like, this idiot's risking everything. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> At least I do is throw them a sketch, you know? So, uh, but it's cool. It's kind of built some momentum. And today it's kind of come to fruition with, uh, it, we got funded in five hours and that's really, you know, blew me away. And, uh, it's what it's going to do. And a thank you to the fans for this is it's going to allow me to keep making this book the way I want without, you know, you know, company oversight or having to sell the IP now I get to make it my way unapolog- unapologetically, but at a professional level, I've got, you know, Chris Stevens, my editor is an Eisner award winner, and I've got a lot of guiding hands helping me. So, yeah, I, I can't thank the fans enough, and I, I hope people check it out uh, for sure. Uh, I'm go- I'm go- I've driven myself crazy working on it last year, so getting a little buzz and getting to do interviews yeah. like this is a good way but- to come out of my shell.
2: You're carrying it better than the grizzled-ass Clint Eastwood have Unforgiven, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Well, it's,
0: it's doing great so far. I mean, I'm just looking at the page right now. You're up over almost $29,000. Wow. Uh, and there are 36 days left if people are interested in checking it out. You have some great levels here. You can get a digital copy. You can get a hardcover copy. You can get it signed. You, I, I love this add-ons part where you can also get extra things uh, as well, which is very cool. And I think very different than Kickstarter. So this is really cool. Congratulations, Nick. Well, uh, thank you guys. And I bought the URL um, axwilder.com
3: and uh, there's there's a bunch of preview pages and a bunch of the, there's like a buzz section of stuff that's going on and like, nice things people have said online that uh, Zoop is curated and kind of post- posted on there. So if anyone's interested, check it out. Uh, it's 148 page oversized hardcover, we're almost done. And uh, the colors are about 40% done line art is 90% done. And uh, during the next 36 days, I'm going to finish the line art off. So it'll be by the time the campaign ends, the line art will be finished, and uh, I'll be jumping in to help colors. And then we hired a really great book designer. I read the book Little Bird at Image with by Ian. Oh, Richard, yeah. yeah, so check yeah. It out. Oh, yeah
1: that's amazing.
3: So uh, yeah, it's a it's a great book. Yeah, so I, I love the design of that book. So I was like, I'm hiring this Ben Dieter guy. I was like, I want my book to look <laughs> So I reached out to him, and we we got him, and he's going to be putting the book together here in the next month uh, while we finish it, wrap things up. So we've got you know the most professional team I I could afford, which is uh you know they're all Marvel, Image, DC, Eisner award winning yeah, type, very professional. Guys. Yeah, so um, my wife wants me to make money, so if you guys are interested at all, <laughs> if you guys want to watch me break my He-Man toys again, uh, come along for
2: the yeah, time. Getting that angsty period again. Yeah. Well, and for everyone listening, definitely check out the the YouTube video, which is, is yeah. on your YouTube page, Nick. Um, yeah,
3: it'll, it'll be on the uh, – they've linked it to the site on Zoop, so if you scroll correct. down Zoop, you can see it, but it is – it's hosted on my uh, YouTube page, which I'm not that active on, but I tried to be recently because of the campaign was coming up, but uh, cool. everyone's welcome to follow me on socials. I'm just Nick Patera. And, um, yeah, that's it, man. I appreciate you guys letting me blab about this for
0: 30, 40 minutes.
2: Oh my man. gosh. It's, it's great, great talking to you. Man. Man. It's, it's
1: man, a really man. fantastic project, man. Congratulations. Super badass. I hope you get to do it for a long time, man. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great Thank day. Thank you Nick. guys.
3: Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate you, you guys. Good luck.
1: Yeah, take
0: care great all right once again the project is axe wielder john as we're taping it's currently on zoop you can get there at zoop.gg and search for axe wielder john it is awesome looking if you're not here on the live Uh, show definitely check it out the art is so so good i can't wait to see that in full
2: attention podcast listeners and youtube watchers i'm logan the host of mostly superheroes a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live action superhero stuff Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. Mostly superheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcasts, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. Folks,
0: we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. Yeah! Oh, okay. yeah! Yeah! And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question over in YouTube in the comment section there, or ask a question over on CrownCast. But first, Pete was withholding information about what he was drinking earlier, so
1: I think we can go over hey, to why that. you got to hold it. Uh,
2: what's, what's it's you know,
1: it's the old, it's the old uh, mango juice uh, and vodka. You know what I mean? Mango juice. at this point i feel like you're doing this as a bit like i don't even think yeah. you like vodka
0: you're just finding stranger oh. and stranger things to be how well. dare you i love vodka
2: i will say alex that's the one thing i know he does like yeah, <laughs> i just feel like we're
0: gonna get to a point five weeks from now where his cat is sitting in a glass of vodka he's like oh. yep it's the old cat
2: and vodka <laughs> oh man Yeah, we just have to pay attention when he starts mixing vodka with vodka. That's the real mixer (laughs) we have to watch out for. And Pete, the reason I say what I'm drinking at the top of the show, because it often changes, because now I'm back on my uh, Deschutes uh, Fresh cheese, One of my favorite beers. Awesome. It's not available at NYC.
0: Let's go to questions. We got one over here on Crowdcast. Was from Kevin. What are some of your favorite takes on parallel universes in or out of comics? So, Kevin is wondering about in comics or in real life.
2: I like the parallel universe where um, I just like wear hats and suits all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's sort of like Alex was saying, it's like a n- real normal shirt. Uh, yeah. And- Justin, out there, you know. Wow,
0: I thought you were talking about like zoot suit style or something like that.
2: Yeah, like a long feather. Yeah, a little peacock <laughs> feather red hanging suit. out. Come on, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, I'm doing. So, I, I'm in a zoot suit riot. Uh,
0: yeah, somebody yeah, sells yeah. up. You like? You like a uh, squirrel nut zippers kid?
2: Yeah, interested boy. well oh, my! Watch spun off the end of my chain once again.
0: Hmm. Uh, but favorite parallel universes for real in comics or out.
2: I did like uh, and I've
1: mentioned this a couple of times, but there was a kind of parallel universe where it was like Wolverine and like Captain America and and somebody else didn't have powers and they were just still like teaming up and trying to fight bad guys. And it was a kind of a fun look at like if you, you know, uh, kind of take their powers away, they're still kind of the same person and still want to do good. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and Ben Grimm, that was the other one, Ben Grimm.
0: Justin, what about you, favorite parallel universe?
2: Well, there's a lot of them all the time. Um, Another one just popped up. Uh, Yeah, Um, where I answered this question first and you did it second. Yeah, that's a fun dude. What if,
0: what if?
2: (laughs) Every decision causes a split, (laughs) some people say. Um, I'm going to shout out the um, original Elseworlds annuals um, as the parallel universe where it we didn't have to sit in the continuity and like build it out to come back, it was just one story where in this world Batman is a pirate, uh, for instance, or or whatever old uh, so pirate, I, I like that man world, yeah, Leatherwing, I think was his name. I like those contained uh universes like that. Uh, this is an upcoming
0: one, so I don't know if it'll be my favorite, but I think it'll be Pete's favorite. Isn't Daniel Warren Johnson doing a title where the Justice League are dinosaurs? And it takes place today. Hell yeah, Universe dude. That?
2: Yeah. Seems like a lot of fun. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> those dinosaurs, do they talk? We're yeah, going to find so. out. It's going to be, I think so. I think
0: Batman solves prehistoric crime, so that's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) How does the T Rex get the green lantern ring on his tiny little fingers? Uh, That's the
0: big conflict of (laughs) the issue. (laughs) Uh, Josh Ash asks Has there ever been a time that you forgot to ask someone a question during an interview and then were upset about it later? If so, who was the interview with and what was the question? Wow. I mean, there's
1: definitely, like... No,
0: never. I've, we've covered everything. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're journalists. Like, we're prepared.
1: There's definitely times where you, like, prep for interviews. You write down a bunch of questions, and then kind of, like... You kind of throw that out the window a little bit, because once it gets going, you kind of want to be in the moment and have something to refute, re- kind of look to if you get lost, but... uh yeah, I mean, there's definitely been a ton of things you wanted to. I've wanted to ask people that just kind of organically didn't kind of fit what the vibe was, or you didn't want to kind of like uh, uh, derail something if they didn't want to talk about it. There have been plenty of times when I should have done that and didn't, and kind of plowed ahead with my own agenda that didn't go well. But, oh, really? Uh,
2: yeah, I've never really that. I've no. never partaken in that experience <laughs> with my man PLP. Um, I mean, I feel like um, Alex when we would do the. Uh, the um, old uh, New York Comic Con um, Sky Booth interviews—it was almost the opposite problem, where we'd look at each other and be like, "Got another question about this thing that we don't understand, really?" <laughs> and we often did. We really took yeah. care of each other out there. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the other thing that it comes into is sometimes you just have time. Like they're giving you, like, okay, you only have time for one more question. You only have ten minutes, or. In yeah. doing carpet interviews in particular, you have time for like two, three questions tops and that's pretty much it. So of course you're not going to get everything in. Um, I
2: feel like know, I've told this.
0: Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. And I was going to, you know what? I was going to tell a negative story. Do you have a funny story?
2: Mine's uh, <laughs> uh, about a stupid thing that I did. And I, Oh, okay. Why, this... why don't
0: I tell mine? Because it's maybe a little sadder spoilers <laughs> for, this is not our interviews. Uh, this is for a job interview, but very recently I was interviewing the showrunner of killing Eve Spoilers for the end of Killing Eve here, but I had like 15 minutes with her, had a ton of stuff I wanted to jam through. And so I like was very focused on asking about specific moments and specific things. And uh, I had problems with the finale, but I was trying to keep it like up and jamming, getting through it as quickly as possible. Uh, and she was certainly going in depth about a lot of things. And afterwards it occurred to me, they kill a prominent gay character on the show. And I should have asked about the barrier gay tropes, uh, bury your gaze trope, and I was kicking myself as soon as I was like, oh my god, I should have just like teed up a question about that, so I was super bummed that I didn't ask that, even though Mind you, there were plenty of things in the interview that people read and they were super upset about, so it, it got a reaction anyway. Not not at me, just people were very upset about the finale, and yeah. I got a lot of feedback of people being like, hey, I was really upset at the end of the show that I read your interview with the showrunner, and now I'm crying again. So, oh, oh, man. There were a lot of issues with the finale.
2: But Nice. Uh, it is what it is. But that's it. Yeah. Um, my story is, and I feel like I've told this uh, at some point on the show, so stop me if it was too recently, but when I was interviewing George Lucas um, for um, uh, when I was working on, I was working at, uh, at the CNN, in the CNN building for a network called HLN, and they had me cover um, his very bad animated movie, Strange Magic. Uh, and at, the, I think I saw you actually at the junket, Alex. You were working mm-hmm. for somewhere uh, MTV, not yeah. – for MTV, yeah. Um, and anyway, so I wanted to ask him about Willow, my one of my favorite. Oh movies. yeah,
4: you love that movie.
2: Yeah, I love that movie. And so at the end of the interview, we're asked a bunch of like dumb questions about like, so you like this fairy world and seventies rock? Cool, <laughs> um, which is what that movie's about. I was like, oh, and one last question, um, George, which. Uh, finger, would you choose to rule the world? The question from that the wizard Willow. asked uh, Willow and the other people trying to become his uh, apprentice. And instead of being like this, the this one or like trying to play the um, the the Willow quote, he was like, "Hey, I I wrote that. I, like, <laughs> I know." Cool. <laughs> that's why i said it i'm not stealing your willow line and i was like all right thanks george <laughs> Great wow. talking to
0: you. Oh, oh. i hilarious. mean i'll throw out on another one from our history this was way belatedly in terms of not asking the right questions of somebody uh but and, and we talked about this recently or i guess not that recently maybe about a year ago in our marvel podcast but when we were covering the incredible hulk Not the Ang Lee one, but the second one, the Marvel movie. I was looking back because like, I vaguely remembered we had done an interview working for Newsarama about the movie, and I found it. They actually had it on video on YouTube, and... I at that moment like it all came crashing into me because I was like, okay, I remember we were super excited because Tim Roth was there, so yeah. we we're going to talk to Tim Roth, the abomination. Gail Ed Hurd was there, the producer of Terminator and a bunch of other things, and they had another producer there who we weren't very interested in talking to, yes. and so we had all these questions for Tim Roth, all these questions for Gail Ed Hurd, and watching the video again, I was like squinting at it because it's terrible quality, and I was like. That's Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah, we had Kevin it Feige. Inspired there.
2: him by we pushed him by ignoring him. Uh, yes, to really exactly. <laughs> he was like, I'll
0: mind. show those nerds.
2: And he did. <laughs> and, and he did, did. dear reader. reader.
0: Yeah, could have asked him a couple of other things, but oh well,
2: we didn't know better. You think he had the MCU fully planned out at that point?
0: Well, he had already done Iron Man at that point, so I feel like we could have asked him about that or something, but. Ah, we fucked up. That that was the <laughs> that was our sliding doors moment is what it was. It was certainly wow. that. Jolene asks, Who's a pulp era hero you would get a? oh you wish would get a live action reattempt? Ooh.
2: A pulpy hero. Um you wanna I don't know the the Billy
0: Zane Phantom movie was pretty Phantom. Much yeah, I was going to say that Phantom was perfect. Was though, so yeah, I wouldn't was... change a thing.
2: Yeah, no. Anytime you hear Billy Zane, you think perfect, <laughs>
0: perfect. <laughs> Give it to Zane. Yeah. Um, the Shadow, the Alec Baldwin Shadow, was also perfect. Yep, John Carter, perfect.
2: The new oh Star Wars. Oh my god. Yep, of course, the new Star Wars. I Flash Gordon's a great answer from Stray Bullet there, um, because that movie is better than the ones we've just listed. Flash. But- Super ah. yeah. <laughs> like guy, I mean, I'll
0: tell you what, apropos of what we're talking about, not a pulp hero, but kind of close to the same sort of thing. Uh, He-Man, I guess we're going to get a new He-Man movie, like if they could figure out a way to
2: do that where it's not goofy and silly, that might be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, some of the, the Masters of the Universe movies is pretty cool. You got uh, Monica from Friends in the role, um, trying to sure. grab the time um, key, yeah, or whatever. What about?
0: I mean, this is this is maybe not not far afield, but like it's a little different than what you're asking. But Darwin Cook's The Spectre was so good, and if you could do a legit animated take using the style of Darwin Cook's art, that would be, I think, amazing as a movie. Uh, and if anything. I would rather see an animated take on some sort of pulp hero because then you could really capture the shadows and look of it versus live action personally.
1: Yeah. Great. That's
0: cool. Uh, We got a question here from Jonathan McCool. Speaking of cool, I meant to ask here, but did you all see the new Nick Cage movie? How awesome did you think it was? Not specifically comic related, but it's the cage. Oh, boy.
2: I haven't seen it yet, but I'm preparing a big uh, movie run now that I'm back from traveling. Um, and my wife's going out of town for six weeks. So I'm going to be home alone with the kids. You're going to see me literally fall apart. Oh, the- You're going <laughs> to, yeah, the You're gonna to the
4: take the kids to the Nick Cage I'm looking forward to the kids to go see They're going to be at Strange school. Too.
2: They're going to be at ah. school. So I'm going to go to movies um, during the day sometimes. Ooh, during the day. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, well.
0: Similarly, I found out this weekend, which I don't know, I, I didn't realize this, but there is a movie theater not too far from me that has a $7 matinee, and apparently is like ooh, pretty ooh. clean and nice. Like it's no not a cheap theater. $7 I, and clean and nice? Come on. I know. I couldn't believe it either. But uh, everybody else in my family went to go see the bad guys this week while I was at work. Yeah. Uh, and. They, they were very impressed. They had a very nice time. So I can't wait. I'm going to start uh, taking advantage of those $7 matinees like a real
2: adult. Wow. I think you mean an, uh, like life? an octogenarian is what <laughs> yep. who does that, Alex. Can I go see a movie
0: thing. at 11, have dinner right after that, go to sleep.
2: When people say I want to watch an adult movie, they don't mean seeing a 2 o'clock cheap man name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know any other definition. The short answer is no, none of us saw that movie, but it looks fun. Uh, uh, wait, shout out real quick to, to Josh, Josh,
2: Josh H. Uh, each week, Justin will look more and more haggard. That's 100% correct. If I, We should do a before and after photo, because yeah, starting now, not, it, not next it week. Take now.
1: Take a screenshot, and then let's uh, compare it, you know, a couple of Real, real quick question. not to get to you personally,
0: day. but was... Is your wife going to do anything? Or was she like, oh, you so left for a couple of weeks? For, yeah, I'm my gone. turn. Yeah, my I turn. I mean,
2: it's a little bit of both. But <laughs> she booked a role in a, a, in a theater in Nantucket, actually, one of her favorite places. Ooh. So She's going to be acting in a great role, Um, a Steve Martin play that they're doing there on the mm. island. So she's going to be there for six weeks. Um, and it's a perfect revenge because I was gone for about that amount of time doing oh. my the travel show I was working on uh so um yeah the scales in balance but for some reason i think i'm going to literally fall to pieces
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're you're on the post-production of that right do we got to wait a year for that to come out like
2: what's the timeline on that? hell no coming in july i Ooh. will be talking about it a lot the trailer did drop um i'll post it in our uh, slack if anybody wants to see it
0: yeah it's and awesome. i will say not to get too busy there was a report that came out today Warner Brothers Discovery is the new company. They own TNT yep. and TBS and all the T nets. And I saw a quick headline about them making some changes, but it turns out it's just scripted stuff
2: that they're targeting yeah. right now. So yeah. good to go. Whew. Good to go. I know everyone was stressed, but um, the network really likes the show. We're starting to see some cuts. It's going to be good. Whoa, nice.
0: Exciting. Very exciting. This is from Stray Bullet. We talk a lot about comics that we think should be adapted to TV movies, but what's two shows that should go away? Two shows? Two shows, yeah. Rather than two adaptations that should be made, two adaptations that should die a horrible Mm. death. Wow.
1: Wow. That's, That's harsh, man.
0: I mean, I'll throw out one that I'll be slightly positive about, but also negative. We talked about this before, The Flash. Like, I think... I've but enjoyed incredible. the Flash sporadically, but it's about to go into ninth season. I think
2: we're good. I think, <laughs> I think that's I think the, the CW shows is well, yeah. Good. I think
1: especially since we should just pull him from the show, and put him in the movies, and then cancel the no, TV show. No, yep.
2: absolutely not.
1: Let him let him be free. Let
0: Grant Gustin go on run and play up in Connecticut or whatever he wants to do. Oh, he should uh, go
2: run. He should yeah. just keep running. <laughs> run right off set.
0: Run, Granty, run. Oh man. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, as a whole, also the Arrowverse, I think like they can hey, keep watch what going. you're
1: saying. What the fuck are you talking about?
0: Yeah, they should cancel Arrow. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they did. They can't. So it's yeah. fine. Uh,
4: <laughs> Superman love it. is
0: very good, but I think, and, and there are other things that I really enjoy in some of those shows, but the whole thing is starting to feel like. Antiquated It hasn't really moved forward in any significant way. Wow. I think changes obviously are coming in terms of Warner Brothers Discovery, in terms of the CW sale and all of those things. And there will also be some changes there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think those shows, they have their fans. I am sometimes one of them, but they can probably go and I think it'll be all right. Oh, man. You know it's what? Great. They should bring back Arrow and cancel it again. That's my answer.
2: Yeah, that would be fun.
0: Uh, great, we got a, another question here from Jolene. Are you worried that now you, you started a Doom Patrol podcast that is now jinxed and will be canceled?
2: No. Wow. Um, Just coming, no. coming for. I a don't throw.
0: know. We we've been doing a Riverdale podcast for a while, and they surprisingly have not canceled that yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first TV podcast we started doing back in the day. Yeah. There you go. Um, um, and they're already filming the next season, as we've said. So like. Of, Once
0: those oh, of, are Doom, Patrol, of Doom
1: Patrol, not Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. There you go. So they have. There's at least one more season of Doom Patrol. We'll see what happens. Uh Similarly, Stanley asks, "Any other secret podcasts in the works like Doom Patrol?" Uh oh, First of all, the answer is no. But also, if they were secret, we probably couldn't tell you. But also, no, no.
2: yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess what's the next show that we refuse to watch and then secretly watched uh, for years? Uh,
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess we should start that Walking Dead podcast. Oh, my God,
2: no. (laughs) That'd be a fun use of our time. Imagine watching Walking Dead. Pete, you need to watch season six, episode 14 tonight. I think
0: if we told Pete we were doing a secret Walking Dead podcast that was, at this point, what, 175 episodes later or something like that, and we weren't
1: releasing until afterwards, Pete would (laughs) literally die. Yeah. It was so so dumb not to release it after season one. Give the people what they want, man. For anybody who is new to this, by the way, uh, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol
0: podcast, is now officially live in all sorts of feeds, or if you are a Patreon supporter, you can get all 34 episodes right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, We got one last one here I wanted to read. This is from Lee Wananana. Did everyone get their 6 p.m. treats from Pete?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah! My favorite segment on the show returns. Did we uh, fluff the rough? Uh, <laughs> bloop, did we bloop the bleep? That's f-
1: puff the fluff, man! Puff Let's the, puff the fluff.
2: fluff! Puff the fluff! And give that kitty a treat. Can
0: I? Can I tell you honestly what I picture every time you say "puff the fluff"? You're not going to like it, Pete. Oh boy! <laughs> I picture you blowing in the cat's anus, like oh! you know, <laughs> it, blowing what? it up like a balloon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just got to reinflate the cat. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I mean, that's Alex, where your brain goes. Alex, for that to be your first you thought,
1: you ruined that.
2: That's more, you I will say that's it. more on you. Puff the fluff is weird, but you blowing up it a anymore. cat's butt? Don't say you. it anymore. That's you, brother. Yeah, that's no, that's, <laughs>
0: that's Pete. That's that's on Pete, I think. You're
2: putting a lot on that, man. Nope. I will say, a cat's butthole does look like a water balloon. The mm-hmm. end. So and I
0: you can people. twist it the same way. Oh, you can <laughs> tie it up. That tie way. up that that, that's my hot tip for you. You wouldn't have to puff the fluff every evening if you just tied up the cat's anus like a balloon. And yeah. then the air wouldn't get out. I can't tell you how much yeah. I hate you.
2: Obviously, you, you puff the fluff, but are you inflating the anus? <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst. Oh my this is, Pete, this is your life. <laughs> it's your sucks, life. man. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to the real question: Did you <laughs> give the cat the treat, the six yeah. PM treat?
1: Yes, of course I did. What's the treat? What do you You're mean,
2: blown up asshole? What's the treat? <laughs> <for> the <cat? laughs> Just a cat treat. It's Just a little
0: tuna flavored cat
2: treat. Nice. Yeah, but did um, you give
0: everyone else their six PM treat? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know.
2: What about what about my six PM treat, Pete? <laughs> I don't know
0: what that would entail, nor do I want to know. I've got a couple of ideas. Would you like me to offer them <laughs> up to your people?
2: I have a feeling he wants you to blow in his ass. Also, to be honest. I don't want to. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers.
0: All right, folks. No that is guy. it for your audience questions. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. For that, we're going to turn
1: over oh, to. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now that I can talk. Daddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> treat king Eddie. All right. <laughs> it's a part where we get back to you, the lovely audience it's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics online cuz if you had 25 bucks you go get some comics man it right. uh, do we have a pre pick or are we going uh... Uh, we
0: don't uh, No, know i think we turned down kevin last week yeah i don't okay. know if kevin wants to come in this week If so, Kevin, let us know in the comments and we will bring you into the stream. He is here. All right, here we go. We're going to bring in Kevin. Kevin's going to do a little trivia and get a chance to win $25 from Midtown Comics. We'll see what happens.
2: We'll see what happens. It could could go either way. way. The fluff could get puffed. Oh,
1: my God. Don't (laughs) say that. I wonder what Kevin's going to be dressed as. Probably a
0: giant
2: cat, I'm guessing.
1: Really? Yeah. Do you think he'll have a puppet? (laughs)
2: A puppet? He might be a puppet.
0: Yeah. Oh, have a puppet? I thought you said have a puffer. Uh, wow.
2: Hey,
1: yeah. it's it's out. Hey!
2: Straight out of Melmac. Yeah. Don't need any cats, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, this is fucked up. This. Hey, is Pete. Like...
4: You think I should come over and visit you
1: anytime soon? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Stay away, man. I love my cat.
2: His 6 p.m. treat is a cat. (laughs) For those of you that are not watching this, um, Alf is here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alf, do you want to do... Pete seems frozen with terror or wonder. Maybe just actually frozen. (laughs) I I think his camera is actually frozen. Pete got so terrified by the idea of Alf uh, maybe eating his cat you know, yeah, I have cool. that effect on a lot of people. Um, all right. Well, I, I can do some trivia for you if you
2: want, Alf. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it is funny. We've never really considered the fact that when Pete can't do trivia, it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to happen. Um, yeah, I guess.
0: Uh, who kills me? You know what?
4: I'm getting older now. I'm really, you know, stepping back from a lot of the killing people anymore. I only kill me.
0: Ha! Uh, there you go. You got okay. it. All it's, right, question what, one, correct. <laughs> uh...
4: You know what? When you give me 321 years old and look it up, that's how old I am.
2: Look at these alfacts. You out facts.
4: really start <laughs> to feel your age.
2: Uh-oh. Here goes Alex.
4: Yeah. Oh, I got a buffalo fluff. <laughs>
0: Uh, All right, question number two. In the first episode of ALF, the TV show, uh, a a creature that lives in the house with ALF becomes extraordinarily large. What creature is that?
4: Oh, wow. You're Uh really taking me back there.
2: Yeah. It's funny to ask this question to the person. Yeah, It's like asking me about, like, hey, what did you do? Uh, I'll tell you what.
0: A... A mouse B a cockroach C Eliza Dushku.
4: <laughs> well, you know what? I was really trying to think back, and I was scratching my head and thinking, was it a mouse or was
0: it a cockroach? I'm pretty Eliza sure it was Dushku. a cockroach. It was a cockroach. That's correct, Alf. Look at you're two that. for two. No Incredible. Hit.
4: You know, That's I've good. never gone back and watched my old stuff. Mm-hmm. It's you one of those it, things where it's like, you know, a lot of actors, we just can't watch ourselves. Oh,
2: I Hold hear on.
0: you. Oh, hey, Pete. We're already two questions into trivia. Sweet. <laughs> uh, we're doing a trivia based on ALF with a little bit of a tribute to the legend Eliza Dushku.
2: Wow. R.I.P. Don't R. I. P. say R.I.P. R.I.P. She died during the taping of this show. <laughs> oh,
1: come on. That's not cool. Don't put that out there. All right. Do you actually have trivia,
0: hey. Pete, now that you're unfrozen. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Uh, but today's uh, trivia is a, a topical comic news and a small nod to the legend, Liz Sheridan. Hey, R- my P. old co-star. Please, you know. That's right. You know, you know she, is today,
4: she all was three defeated, options. Right?
1: Sure. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, Alf. Question number one. Who is joining the team in Avengers number 55? Is it A, Daybird, B, Nighthawk, or is it C, Brian Dennehy? So it's either A, which isn't real, or it's B, Nighthawk. You know what?
4: I'm going to go with, I think you said B? B?
2: that's nice wow all
1: right here we go yeah nighthawk is joining the avengers all right here we go question number two dc announced its next big event it is blank is it a shadow war zone b the friend zone or is it c christine baranowski baranski so it's either yeah baranskis thank you is it a, which is the correct answer, Shadow Warzone, or you could pick B or C. B.
4: I'm thinking I'm going to go with A on this one.
1: That is correct. The Great Shadow choice. Shadow Warzone. Good job. Here we go. Last one. Alf. don't get cocky. And Devil's Reign Omega Number One, who is teaming up with Luke Cage? Is it A, the Winter Soldier? B, Danny Rand? Or is it C, Terrence Stamp? So it's either A, Winter Soldier, don't pick it, or it's B, Danny Rand. So Danny
4: Rand's going to uh, team up with Luke Cage? Wow, why yeah. has nobody done that before?
1: Yeah. Well, it's Al, coming. Alf, Al, drop it from yeah.
4: yeah.
0: Amazing. That is three for three. So, Alf, you have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. I yeah. see you're- Yes. Uh, you can <laughs> you know,
4: also... Back in the 80s, right? Yeah.
0: You know what? We'll do $25 to the North Shore Animal League. How about that? I feel like you could probably use that There better. we go. Yeah. That's <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Have uh, a good night.
4: Wait, wait. You never asked yeah. me about
0: the legal eagles.
1: Oh, God! Alf got it. It was legal
0: eagle. Alf figured out the secret movie. More like Answer life form, if you ask me. Oh, Brother well, know, I get that. I really do.
2: Let's... I'll tell you what. I think I blacked out for the last five <laughs> full minutes. <laughs>
0: all right. Cause... Bye. Bye. Thank you to Thanks, Kevin. Alf. Thank you to Alf. What a special segment. As we all know... <laughs> Special
1: segment. <laughs> Comics are great, and they're coming out all the time. Pete, what are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to, uh we have Demons number two, as well as Action Comics 1042, Punisher number two, and Step by Bloody Step number three. Wow. That's, That's a great. lot of
2: twos. Yeah,
0: That's great. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? And maybe if
2: you want to describe
0: the comments.
2: comments yeah, yeah the or book. don't. Um I guess I'm going to go with um The Amazing Spider-Man number 1 coming out from um Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um it's written by Zeb Wells. It's a sort of reboot of the Peter Parker Spider-Man and in a world John, where a lot yeah. of these Peter Parker like new looks and everything are like he's back, he's um you know, he had a hard thing happen but he's still the same old Spidey. This one feels different um, in a good way, and uh, t- I think it's going to take take Peter Parker, Spider-Man to some different places. I'm looking forward to Ghost
0: Cage number two from Image Comics. Yeah. This is a book that's very manga-inspired about a factory worker, I guess, who is fighting their way up to the top in of the, the factory. That's a fun one along with the tidy ghost and a weird creature. It's wild. It's weird. The art is absolutely incredible. And tying into our guest, this is from Nick Trogota, who did art on another Jonathan Hickman book, East of West. Uh, So there's, you know, a little bit of a theme there. And folks... Nick's... Hot Nicks. Hot Nicks. And that is it for this week's show. Woo-hoo. We want to thank Nick Patera for coming on the show. Check out Axe Wielder John which is available on Zoom. right now. Go and support it. It is awesome. Next week on the show, we're going to have a bunch of great guests here. Neil Clyde is going to be back to talk about the Neil. panel. Also, Dean Hashfield, and Vito Del Santé are going to be back hey. to talk about the Fox family values. So that should be a lot of fun. Fun show right there. As mentioned earlier, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, is officially live now with the first couple of episodes coming out weekly. Or you can have all 34 episodes now by pledging on our Patreon. Riverdale After Darker Riverdale podcast, is coming out weekly. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, is almost done with Moon Knight at this point. We're going to have new episodes coming out for episode five and episode Tomorrow. six. Tomorrow tomorrow there you go also Lock and Key Unlocked as mentioned earlier we have a new episode all about Lock and Key Volume 7 that's live in that feed patreon.com slash comic book club to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do also don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts Android Spotify Stitcher or the app of your choice at comic book live on Twitter comic book club live on Instagram comic book club live.com For this podcast and many more. Until
2: next time, good night. Good night, folks. Take care of yourself. Don't forget, puff, puff, Pete, puff, puff.